Get more confidence, dates, and sex. Build the relationships and lifestyles you really want. DatingSkillsReview.com presents a training program for dating with, with different world-class experts in every single episode. Teaching you the secrets to their skills and success. Dating Skills Podcast, the podcast for men. Angel Donovan here with another episode of Dating Skills Podcast, and today it's episode 38. We're going to look at hacking conversation skills today. Now, conversation skills, that sounds a little bit boring. That sounds like something you learn in the context of social skills. Well, yeah, it's very important in context of social skills, but it is also imperative, although it sounds boring and basic, in you meeting women and attracting women and it's often something that is neglected because it doesn't sound so complicated but really conversation skills are the foundation of all of your communication with no matter who it is and it really is a part that most men neglect and if they're better at conversation and they could run smoother conversation and just be more relaxed in it um, and, and create more engaging conversations they would do much much better uh, with women. The sort of things we're going to be looking at are the typical issues. So, you know, how to start conversations, how to not run out of things to say. That's that's a big one with, with guys. You know, they'll be talking for a girl to a girl for a little bit and then they run out of things to say. It gets, um, it gets awkward, it gets uncomfortable. And another thing is like engaging conversation so, so that the other person isn't bored. That tends to be another big one. And a conversation that builds rapport, that builds relationships. And, you know, most, most importantly, that doesn't give a kind of socially awkward vibe. So those are all the kinds of topics we're going to be looking at today. And to look at them, our guest today is John Sin, Jonathan Lee from Sins of Attraction. If you don't know John Sin and you've been in the dating community for a while, I would be very surprised because he's been around a long time. He's been around since around 2004 when he trained with mystery Eric Von Markovic. Pretty quickly after that, John Sin got a lot more involved in the dating community and he became uh, one of the main main team members of the original Mystery Method, which is now Love Systems today. And he was instrumental in, in that company's development. He first worked directly with uh, Mystery, and when Mystery left in 2006, uh, Sin actually took over the, the role of lead instructor on boot camps for Mystery Method then and Love Systems today. And he trained a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the instructors, who then became instructors later on. So he's been, a, he's been around a while, and uh, over that time, he did over 100 boot camps. So, you know, he's, he spent a lot of time teaching guys and learning about the problems guys have with approaching and talking to women and so on. In 2008, he, he started his own company called Sins of Attraction. And since then, he's brought out a lot of programs. Um, and he continues to bring out programs because he still has a kind of like playboy lifestyle. And he gets out a lot himself. So he's still kind of discovering new things. And kind of like modifying the original material and improving upon it that he originally learned with uh, Mystery. As usual, uh, if you want to get uh, the full bio biography of John Sin, our guest today, you can go to datingskillsreview.com slash DSP38 to get all the information on that episode. And you'll also have the transcripts and links to anything we mention in the show. 
Now, today we're doing something a little bit more special than usual. We're going to have a giveaway. We're going to be giving away some dating advice products um, to, help, to help you. So, because John Senzon, the product we're going to be giving away is Effortless Conversation System. It's a new program he's, he's brought out on the subject of conversation, so it fits perfectly with what we're talking about today. And we're going to be giving away free copies. I'm going to tell you how you can win one of those free copies at the end of today's episode. So make sure you stay on at the end so you can hear about how you can win that. Now let's get to today's interview. Hey man, thanks for having me. No problem, it's good to have you on here. I know you've been around a long time, haven't had a chance to connect, so it's good to finally connect up. Could you tell us a couple of details about where you're living, hanging out, what's your lifestyle right now, how old are you to give like the guys a bit of perspective on where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 28. I'll be 29 later this year. Um, I live in Hollywood in Los Angeles, about a few blocks away from the W Hotel, if people know where that is. Um, what other stuff? Cool. Well, how's your late dating lifestyle like these days? You know, everyone kind of has their own idea of what's good for them. So how how's it, how has yours kind of evolved over time and where is it at now? Are you in relationships? Are you meeting different girls? Or, you know, what what's kind of where you're at right now? Yeah, so I'm kind of weird. Like, I'm not really a girlfriend type of guy. Uh-huh. So I'm seeing, like, four girls right now in L.A. Um, and I've been in this kind of non-committed relationship with this girl who I met in Florida who actually is, like, an up-and-coming porn star now um for like five years so i mean i hang out with her probably once a month Mm -hmm. and then i see the other four girls maybe like once a week or once every two weeks um and then i meet new girls on a regular basis mostly through day game i do some nighttime stuff because i'm fairly well connected here in hollywood like Mm -hmm. a decent amount of my friends work in the nightclub industry um, so I go, I don't generally go out so much to do pickup, but I go to parties that my friends like convince me to come to mostly day parties. I've been focusing on lately, like pool parties and like, uh, there's this thing in LA called 14 on Sundays, which is like this kind of fancy day party where people like spray champagne and stuff. Um, so I just kind of go to places like that. I don't really do a ton of approaches these days outside of daytime. Um, at night, I generally just, there'll be a big table with a bunch of people who are trying to come over and like promoters because they bring girls over and I just kind of meet girls who are brought over to me when I go to bars and clubs now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, mostly day game for my approaches. And like I said, I'm seeing a few different girls, but Nothing serious. I mean, the girl in Florida, it's been a long time, but we both, sometimes she'll have a boyfriend, sometimes I'll be busy, but it's just kind of a longer term thing because I like her a lot. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Yeah, we haven't had someone with that specific kind of uh, relationship. Is there, have you had a girlfriend before uh, a long term relationship or is is it kind Uh, of like where you come from? Uh, yeah, through, no, I've had like three long-term girlfriends in my life. Um, the last one was like a year and a half and I actually lived with her. Mm. Um, and she actually broke up with me and it was really bad. And that was when I had like formally went off the girlfriend thing. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'd never really been into the girlfriend thing. Like I always kind of wanted to be a player or whatever. Mm. 
um, and just kind of like my ideas about atheism and monogamy were like both set when I was like eight or nine years old and they mm-hmm. just didn't make sense to me, either of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, there, there have been three times that I've been in relationships. The first was how I actually got in the pickup community. I was in a relationship with a girl for like two and a half years mm-hmm. and the first nine months of it, uh, we didn't have sex cause she was a virgin. And she like, we broke up and she had sex with two other guys. And then I took her back and we still didn't have sex for like a year. Like it was a really bad relationship. Um, my second relationship was in San Diego with a really awesome girl who I just didn't treat very well Mm because I was kind of learning pickup and being a player. Um, and then the third one was with the girl who really like, I didn't think I was ever going to be in a relationship again until I met her. And then I was like, totally in and it just kind of was bad timing very passive aggressive both of us were in that relationship and that's never good yeah i'm sure you learn something from it though it's always it's always interesting oh yeah you always learn things like that for sure do you think you'll try the girlfriend thing again or you've kind of decided i'm sure i will i mean i'm saying i won't right now but i i'm sure i will at some point cool cool good uh, so, how many minute, How many women have you slept with so far, roughly? I stopped counting at 200. That was in 2009. So, I don't know. A yeah. lot. Yeah, people might pretty much always stop counting after a number like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it was... It, there, I've had years where I've slept with 50 girls in a year. I mean, there were, like... When I was really going out a lot, and really especially, like around 2009 when I was really working on the same night lay stuff like yeah. yeah it was a lot excellent all right cool so there's a couple of things like what, what we're talking to talk about today is conversation skills I, I know you've got a, a new a new program out on that um, and uh, just recently reviewed a couple of your, your programs on that so wanted to do a deep dive on some of the things that uh, we found that were interesting in those programs so um, I mean one awesome. of the main one of the main things, like I pulled out of of one of them, is you go over like a lot of guys. They have problems that you know they're, they're talking to a girl for a while and then they run out of things to say. Now, I think most guys have this problem. They draw a blank at some point. Um, so in in one of in one of the your products, you talk a bit about why you actually run out of things to say. And I thought that was interesting because like when when guys kind of understand where the problem comes from, then it becomes you know, some something that they can work it work to to resolve instead of it's kind of like I don't know why that happens to me all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think running out of things to say is very universal. Everyone's been there. You're talking to a girl, it's going well, and then I call it hitting the wall, hmm. right? Like you're going, you're going, you're going, and then all of a sudden you hit this wall and you're just stuck, right? You either run out of things to say entirely or you start saying things that are really, really fucking stupid, right? When I used to teach boot camps, those were the two things I would see, you know, like especially with guys who were just getting started or guys who weren't very experienced or guys who weren't very good naturally at with conversations, you know, and that's, that's a lot of guys who find this stuff and are probably listening. So what I realized over, you know, years of teaching boot camps, hundreds and hundreds of boot camps was that there's, there's really four reasons guys run out of things to say. The first reason is they're not prepared, right? Now that's where 
all the dating products and stuff really help you because there's a lot of things out there on things to say, when to say this, when to say that. Mm. Um, but you need to have some way to remember it when you're out in the real world. Um, and in addition to that, you need to know what subjects you're good at talking about. Like there are some certain subjects that if I get on, I can talk to women about and they will be super interested in. There's other things that if I start talking to girls about, they're not going to be that into it. So you got to know what you're good at talking about and what you're not good at talking about. And the second reason guys run out of things to say is that they get really nervous. And that's normal. Like, that's normal. It gets a little better when you've approached a lot of women, but there's always going to be some nervousness, especially depending on your level of anxiety as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Some of us are higher anxiety. I have probably higher anxiety than most people. So I, for me, that was my big problem when I started with women was I would just get really nervous and run out of things to say. So you got to have some ways to deal with that. Um, the third thing is they get focused on saying the perfect thing. Sorry. A lot of guys, they get kind of focused on this idea that there's one perfect thing or one perfect routine or one perfect kind of sequence that's going to unlock door every single time and that's that's not how human beings work you know yeah um and if you're viewing girls as like this puzzle that you have to unlock or some sort of video game you're missing a lot of chances to actually connect so i think guys get focused on this idea that there's this perfect one thing that's going to make everything work um and the last reason I think guys run out of things to they say is, is they try to do too much. This is the guy who's probably read a little too much pickup stuff without going out and actually trying stuff. So you get these guys, and I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. This guy who came to a boot camp in Vegas years and years and years ago, and he was a fairly older, you know, probably in his mid-40s, maybe 47, 48, very badly dressed, um, very socially awkward, but bold. You know, he was one of those guys who would do anything, mm, but yeah. didn't understand why things were awkward. Yeah. So he would like walk up to a girl while she was with her boyfriend and go, Hey, I thought you were beautiful and I wanted to meet you while she's holding hands with a guy. <laughs> and he would think that that was good and that he was being direct and powerful and stating his intentions. And he didn't understand why the guy wanted to fight him. Um, but he would, there was some group of girls he was going up to and he was talking to them and he was like asking them how they got to the place they were at, like right after his opener. It was like, hey, how's it going? How'd you guys get here? And obviously they were a little weirded out by that, um, especially from this guy who kind of looked like a serial killer. And... um when I came over, I was like, what were you doing? Like, why are you asking them why they got there? And he's like, well, I was trying to get logistics for same night lays for later. You know, guys who read too much, they, they, because they haven't gone out and tried it, they think that they can like jam pack everything in. It's like, if one technique's good, if I can pack 50 techniques into 30 seconds of talking, then that's got to be perfect. And then the girl's going to love me. Right. 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 But again, that's not, that's misunderstanding how social interaction works. Right. So, like, when you're trying to do something like that, there's no way it can really come across as normal. Because if you're packing yeah, exactly. techniques in there, there's, there's, even if you're really, really good, it's it's going to end up looking very strange. 
Yeah, I mean, even for me, I can sometimes come across trying to do too much if I try to get too fancy. Like, it's just, it's, it's a, it, you've got to kind of take what the girl's giving you. That's a big part of conversations in and of itself is, is women are not as hard to read as, as we make it. It's just guys have what's called the sexual perception bias, which mm -hmm. is an actual thing where when guys are talking to girls, they tend to interpret anything the girl does as being a sign of sexual interest. Mm. So girls are generally pretty clear if they're interested or not. It's just that guys want them to be interested. We don't want to believe that the girl's not interested, so we want to kind of tell ourselves, well, maybe if I do more stuff or, you know, I try harder, she'll like me. Mm. But generally, that doesn't work. Cool. Um, so... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, do you smoke? But yeah, like basically those four things. Yeah, I do. That's, okay. That's Noted. where that comes from. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, man, I wanted to um, talk a bit about your third point, actually. You you, you know, you said, you talked a bit about uh, people being too focused on saying the right things. Um, and, you know I, know, I know what you're talking about there, but I think we could highlight that a bit more as like, it, Basically, you're saying that things don't have to be so perfect, and that it, it, normal conversations aren't, you know, it's not all that all that perfect. So, could you give me like a, a rundown of like, you know, you when you're out with a girl, like how much do you, do you think a lot of your you make you make errors today, or you know, do things go wrong, and like how how much stuff that you consider really good comes out of your mouth versus just normal stuff and everyday stuff. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just take those piece by piece. Um, right now, I don't use a whole lot of, like, routines right. um, on the first meeting. On dates, I do have set stuff I want to get through just because I have a very finely honed date routine now where, like, if I get a girl on a date, like, nine times out of ten, I sleep with a girl on the first date. Like, literal, like, that's statistics. Like, yeah. I've kept that for the last two years, like... I go on 10 dates, I sleep with nine of the girls. Um, and so, like, I have a certain sequence I kind of want to go through. It doesn't always come out the same way, but there's a certain kind of way I want to talk about my life on the first day. Hmm. Um, on the first meeting, I'm kind of trying more to kind of fit to what I think she likes. Okay. So... For me, like I said, I'm 28, almost 29. Um, the girls I tend to date tend to be like 18 to 22 or like 28 to 36. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I don't really do good with girls who are like... I do good with girls who are my age and older, and I do good with girls who are significantly younger. But I don't really do as good with that gap girl. There. Do you have any There's idea why that is? There's a gap about 23. Yeah. Um, generally, I think that's when girls start to look for, like, marriage material, and girls realize I'm not marriage material very early on. Uh, um, I guess girls at that age have yeah. a lot so, I mean, a I, lot going on in their lives. Because, uh, actually, that's a pattern that I would say my life has fitted into. There's a lot of girls, like, very early 20s, um, for many years, or mm -hmm. it has to be a lot later, but there doesn't seem to be much in the late 20s. Another reason I think it could be is because they start getting interested in work and they got all this other stuff going on, you know, uh, they graduate. I also think the, the early 20s, they haven't really met player-type guys yet, or they've met guys who maybe aren't, don't have as great games, so 
when you that when when they meet someone with a pretty good game, it's like kind of a first. Whereas by the time they're like twenty two, twenty three, they've met that guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, probably wasn't a pickup artist for most guy, girls, but they've met some dude who like basically had them doing whatever he wanted, and they're kind of like now wary of that. Whereas once they get over twenty eight, then like they're either they're either at, they're either out of a broken engagement, divorced. Um, or they're, they're, like you said, they were, were focused on work for a long time, so now they're just ha- kind of happy to get back out there and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally think that that tends to be the pattern for a lot of people. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so actually what I was getting at with, uh, with your point is that, like, I, th- I think a lot of guys think that, you know, when, when they're talking to a girl, it all has to go, like, perfectly. But, you know, if, right. if, yes. I, if I think I about what all the guys I know you know, and even the, the really good guys who've been around for a long time doing it, you know, a lot of the conversation is pretty normal, and then there are some things yeah. thrown in there, but a lot of it's just like, you know, like we're talking right now. Yeah, so when I think about kind of first day stuff, like meeting the girl, I kind of think in terms of waypoints, right? So I need some way to start the conversation. So girls browsing at a magazine rack, hmm. you know, at... Barnes and Noble as I'm like walking in, I need some way to go over there and start the conversation. So I might walk over and pretend like I'm looking at what she's looking at and go, excuse me, I need to get to that. And then when she goes, sorry, which is what 99% of girls do, I go, it's okay. I'm nicer than most people. So I'll forgive you. And now I've got a kind of funny interaction. She'll laugh and I can now start a conversation or I might compliment something she has on or, um, if, she's a little hotter, I might insult something she has on. Um, because I find with a little bit hotter girls, if you compliment them, you get put into one category and you don't get emotional responses and they're kind of apathetic. So I might say something more ambiguous, like that's a really weird, like crystal thing you have there. Where'd you get that? Um, or that's, that's kind of interesting. And then like the most, most hot girls will go, Oh, thank you. And I'll go, it wasn't a compliment. I'm just curious about it. Um, so those are generally the ways I'll start conversations during the daytime. (coughs) I just got back from Vegas. I smoked way too many cigarettes over the weekend. Um, but yeah, like, uh, basically if it's at night in a bar or a club, I'm probably just going to say something more direct. Like, Hey, my name's John. I thought you were cute. I wanted to meet you. Or, hey, I walked around this entire bar, and I think you you guys are the only girls cool enough to talk to. Mm-hmm. Kind of simple. Okay. Um, yeah, so do I make mistakes? Of course. Everybody makes mistakes. To me, um, cold approach pickup, especially the initial pickup part of it, is really a game of mistake correction. Like, you're going to make mistakes. There's no such thing as the perfect pickup. There's no such thing as, like the million-dollar mouthpiece or whatever these stupid fucking guys who never get laid are talking about. Um, there, There isn't. Everyone I know who's good with women makes mistakes and makes big mistakes. It's how they correct those mistakes that determines whether or not they get laid. Um, so you're going to make mistakes. It's just how you cover up your mistakes that, that kind of determines things. Um, and then as far as how many things do I think are good that come out of my mouth, well, I'm a narcissist, so I think that everything I say is really funny, including jokes that repeatedly people don't laugh at. Like, I have a joke I tell about how 
the guy who first decided women should have the right to vote really fucked it up for everyone else. No one ever laughs at this joke, and I continue to bring it out in social occasions all the time because I think it's fucking hysterical. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a bad judge because I'm my biggest fan, or second biggest fan to that girl in Florida. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how much of it is actually good? Maybe 50%, maybe less. I don't know. But good, I yeah. think it's all awesome. All right, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's good to get the guys, you know, I, shooting for perfect is really not what we're doing here. It, it doesn't really take anything. Yeah, I mean, that like, supersonic special. that's the thing I said about not running at, like, like, not worrying about the perfect thing to say. Like, like I said, like, I continually in mixed company, like, with girls I'm, like, sleeping with, tell jokes that I know don't hit and are kind of offensive because I don't care because I know it doesn't matter. You know, like, that's kind of the point. Not the, the point isn't that I'm, like, socially obtuse. Like, I do it because it doesn't matter because I can say something stupid. I can say ten stupid things when I'm picking up a girl and still get her into bed that night. Right. You know? Um... It's all in how I recover it. And, yeah, trying to shoot for perfection, trying to shoot for perfection, trying to be too cool, um, those are two mistakes I think the pickup community really ruins guys with. Because the guys I know who are really good with women, they don't try to be cool and aloof. Like, mystery with this whole, like, nagging shit and this whole, like, act like a rock star... Like, now that I actually, like, have really good club hookups, like, the guys who get a lot of girls are kind of goofy. Like, they're goofy, they're party guys, they're they're fun, they're not really this, like, oh, hands off the merchandise. Because uh, no one wants to be around that asshole. That only works if you're actually famous and you actually bring some sort of, like, legitimate value to the interaction. Otherwise, you've got to be fun. And if you're fun, you can make mistakes. Totally, totally, because it's not so serious either. Right. So, like, we, we, you talked about routines, just you referred to it a few, a few times there. You said you, you maybe use some routine, routines today still. Uh, what, like, when we're not talking about, when we're talking about, like, you know, improving your conversation skills and not running out of things to say, is it necessary to learn a bunch of routines to do that? Or is it even a good idea to learn a bunch of routines? It's not necessary. This problem? Definitely not. It's definitely not necessary. Um, it can be helpful, though. So I'll give my little routine spiel here Um, because I've been on both sides of this argument. Like this was like a huge thing for a while. I don't know if it still is. I'm not as on the pickup boards as I once was. Um, But this was like a big thing in like 07, 08, right? It was like routines are the best because they get a specific response every time. And then it was like not routines are the best because then you can really connect with people. And there's pros and cons for both. So basically it kind of comes down to the type of dude you are. If you're the type of dude who finds it really hard to talk to people, um, you know, like I have a good friend like this. He's just like tough to talk to. Hmm. Um, For him to go out and start approaching people, it's going to be tough unless he gets some routines. You know, if this is you, Uh if you have trouble, if you don't have that many friends or if the friends you do have, like always have to like ask you a bunch of questions and you like, you're not Mr. Talkative, then routines are good because they at least give you something to say. If you don't have something you want to say in and of yourself, that wasn't really my problem. I wasn't that guy as much as I was like, I didn't realize what I could and couldn't say with women. Um, now on the other hand, the problem with routines is they're not magic 
and they're kind of restricted. Um, when I say they're not magic, I mean there's nothing that makes it, guys will like say these routines. When I used to teach boot camps, there'd be dudes who would be running routines like the C versus U smile or like some other routine they read on the internet. And it would never get a good reaction for them. Horse Girl, the Brad P opener, is the worst offender. And I like Brad P's stuff a lot, but that opener is really hard to use for most guys. Hmm. Um, and, you know, they'd be running this 50, 100 times, and every single time the girl would have a bad reaction. And I'd be like, why are you using that routine? And you'd be like, well, I heard it's a good routine. And I'm like, well, dude, you, how many times have you done it? And they'd be like, I don't know, like 300 times. And I'm like, has it ever gotten you a good reaction? And they'd be like, no. I'm like, well, clearly it's time to stop, you know? Um, like that's the thing with routines. Not every routine is going to work for everybody. Um, some routines are more, you know, towards a guy who's kind of like mystery, like that threes versus sevens routine. Like if you get like kind of a like 19 year old frat party guy and he's doing that at like some frat or college party, he's going to be weird and creeping chicks out. Right. Whereas when mystery does and he's dressed all weird, then it kind of makes sense. And he talks about how he's a magician. Um, you know, on the other hand, like a routine like best friends test or, you know, kind of stuff like that, that's kind of more club funny. Some of the role plays that are out there, some of the cocky funny stuff. If you're a 48 year old man talking to a 36 year old woman in like a hotel lounge, that's going to be weird, too. Hmm. So these routines are not designed for everybody. They're designed kind of to fit certain people's personalities, generally the people who came up with them. Um, so. A lot of guys are not good at course correcting with routines, which means they just use them kind of without noticing whether or not they're working. And they're also kind of restrictive, and they also get boring. You know, like the big end for me with routines was my routines stopped kind of working for me because I was just so bored of telling them that I was just like, I'd be like cutting myself off. I'd be like, this is stupid. Like I'd like rush through stories and like miss the good parts because I just wanted to get it over with. I'd feel weird like I was some actor reciting cheesy lines. That was kind of the end for me of, of a lot of routines. Um, so to me, I mean, you want to kind of move in terms of themes. Like there's always going to be themes that I talk about with women. There's always going to be subjects that's come up. Right. You're always going to talk about your history as a person. You're always going to talk about kind of past relationships, college, work, things you're interested in, <coughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, I like, so, I like, yeah, I, li I like the idea of moving moving towards themes versus routines. Of course, like some guys are going to find routines helpful to you know combat nerves and stuff. There are, as you say, <coughs> cases where you know it, it can help a bit. But I'm, I'm sure it also contributes to this running out of things to say because you know they memorize a couple of routines um, and then once they they've done them, maybe they don't remember their third routine. You know, this is just this kind of pressure of having memorized stuff in the bag and thinking you're going to have to use more of it. Or getting in that mode of kind of recite. I don't know if you've seen this before, but if someone's recite, you know, kind of reciting their routine, they're kind of in that mode of using their memory, right? Versus just getting in that mode of socializing. And it's, it's, in some ways it can be maybe a, kind of difficult to make a switch in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that. You know, no one has, no one besides mystery has seven hours of routines memorized, you know? Um, and you're just, you're, the other, the other thing is it's hard to access a lot of that stuff. So a lot of guys who like study routines in the moment, they can't remember their routines, like you said. Yeah. And then they're screwed anyway because they were so reliant on it. That's what I said. You don't want to be reliant on them. Like the best attitude towards routines to me, 
is not to like look at them like they're some sort of horrible thing, like, oh my god, I gotta avoid routines, but you just don't want to be reliant on them. You can use them if they are appropriate and they fit and they work for you. Um but you don't need to, you know? Like there are some times where something comes up, like I have a bunch of tattoos and like I have a bunch of like I don't even know if they're routines or they're real life anymore at this point. I mean, they did happen to me, but I tell them the exact same way every time. See, like, that's where life blurs, right? Like, are my stories about my tattoos a routine, but they're real? Who knows? Um, But sometimes I just don't feel like telling the story. So I'm just like, I'll tell you some other time. Or they don't have any meaning at all. I just think they're pretty, you know? Like, so it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, you don't always have to use them even though they're there. Um... But yeah, I mean, you don't want to be you don't want to be one of those people who's like I never use routines either because there's places where routines are useful. And I mentioned a while back waypoints. Um basically starting the conversation, that's a good way place to have a routine. Mm. Breaking social comfort. Um after you start a conversation, you've got to make people socially comfortable. This is one of the big reasons guys who study pickup fail is cuz they try to jump from opening to starting attraction, especially with negs, teases, etc. But you can't tease or break rapport with someone who doesn't want to talk to you yet and a lot of the times in real life when you start a conversation with a girl the first 10 seconds especially with those openers i shared earlier which are very short um the girl hasn't made a decision on whether or not she wants to talk to you yet so if i start breaking rapport with her right away unless she's like a very hot specific type of girl who um is like a polarity responder which is like the girls that i would open with those kind of quasi insults Hmm. Uh, but you know i've been doing this for like 10 years so i can tell which girls those are and which girls they're not they're not all hot girls um but for the most part you want to build that social comfort before you break it but you should have a a go-to way of breaking social comfort you know okay can we we take a like a a step back to kind of the the beginning of the conversation and just work our way through and then like i think the guys will kind of get it a bit uh, sure. Because you've just brought out a lot of topics. So, yes. um, for, first of all, like when, when you want to start a conversation with a girl, what do you say? Like you said, you, it's useful to have a couple of you know basically default things to say when you when you yeah. start talking to a girl. So, could you give us an example you basically and want why to have you would two use something like that? Sure. You basically want to have two default things. You want to have a thing to say when a girl's by herself and a thing to say when a girl's in a group. Okay. Makes sense. Right. So, for me, like I said earlier. Um, Daytime, I like that. Excuse me, like make the girl apologize mm-hmm. and move, and then and then you know tell her I forgive her. Um, opener, I use that a lot. Um, I also just use, hey, I really like X item about you. Usually tattoos or mm-hmm. um, you know fashion sense. That's pretty I don't direct. really do, I don't really do full direct. I find mm-hmm. that the results with full direct are bad. Maybe I'm not good looking enough. I don't know, but for me. When I go full on, I thought you were really attractive or I thought you were beautiful or cute. Um, I get a much worse response than if I go, I liked something about you. So for me, that works better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, just kind of my own testing. You know? Right. So that for, the, for that, all you have to do is be observational, right? When you see the girl, you notice something about her that you can talk about and you go in. And also, like, remember how I talked about how I like specific types of girls? Like, one of the key things is if you want to get really good at pickup is you got to figure out your demographic, right? Mm. So, like, for me, a lot of the time it's tattoos because I really like girls with tattoos. Like, I haven't dated a girl who doesn't have tattoos in a really long time. Like, it's just to be in LA then. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and especially Hollywood. Um, but yeah, so I mean, 
for me, like, I'll generally open with something like, hey, excuse me, I know this is really random. I really liked your tattoo. Did you get it done in L.A.? Um, you know, and then she'll say yes, no, whatever. And from there, I'm just going to kind of talk about tattoos. I'm going to, I'm going to wait to see if she asks me about my tattoos. Cause that's like the big buying signal I look for. If a girl asks me like what my tattoos are, then like she's hundred percent interested and attracted. Um, so if that doesn't happen, I'm just kind of trying to kind of talk, be funny, um, not be too direct or aggressive and basically let her get comfortable. Because especially in the daytime, um, women aren't used to being approached, so it takes them a little longer to get comfortable being conversational. You know, when you just instantly approach and make them make a yes or no decision about whether or not they're attracted to you, right. they're literally just going to go on looks. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's what you're forcing them to make. And, like, I mean, it's funny because I've been on both sides of the coin now. I've had, in the beginning of my pickup career, everyone was saying I was good looking and that was why I was getting results. And now on board, people make fun of my looks and say I look Iranian and Jewish. Um, so I don't know if I'm good looking or not. I know, I know I'm about a set. I know when I go direct, the best I do is about seven. I, like I do the, the best with around sevens, which probably means I'm around a seven. Cause with a direct approach, you're basically doing basically, you're basically just playing the numbers game based on looks, which is cool. I mean, that, that is a way of getting laid, but it's not particularly, um, helpful for guys who aren't that good looking. And it's not particularly, um, skillful. So tattoo talk or whatever. Um, or, you know, I'll make some observation. Like I, I, a lot of times I make observation teases, like I'll open with teases. Like if a girl is, um, like studying at a bookstore, mm -hmm. I'll say something like, you know, excuse me, like you're really concentrating hard and it's, it's, really distracting to like me sitting here and playing games on my cell phone. So could you like take it down a notch? Thanks. And then, um, you know, either the girl will laugh and get it or she'll give me like a death stare or she'll like close her books and leave, you know, okay. uh, one way or the other. I'm big on openers that are going to polarize. Cause I feel like when you're doing cold approach, you either want a girl who's kind of instantly in or instantly out. Right. You were, that's, that's a not wasting time kind of thing. Yeah, but you just you just don't want them to make that decision based on looks, right? right like, I right. think a lot of guys equate that to direct approach, like, and they go, well, direct approach, you're, like, making them make a yes or no decision. Yeah, mm -hmm. you are, but you're making them make that on looks, because you're not really right. giving them any right. personality, whereas, like, saying something funny and kind of quirky, like, that gives a girl a chance to go, okay, like, I'll give this guy a chance, as opposed to just, I thought you were hot and I wanted to talk to you. I'm a dude, I've got a dick. Right. Okay, so say she's just like responding normally, nothing special. You know, yeah, she's not she's not checking out your tattoos or anything like that. But right. After your observation, she's just like, yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of start leading conversation and grounding, talking about myself. Okay. You know. So how do you how do you transition to that? Like, do you just start talking about something new or? Well, there's a lot of ways to transition, right? I could ask a follow-up question, right? I could say, like, what are you doing at the mall today? Shoe shopping? Hmm. And then she'll say, yeah, just shopping. Or, like, she's just giving me one-word responses or whatever. Yeah. And I'll go, that's cool. I actually live right across the street. So when people, like, aren't willing to come meet me, like, at my house, I'm, I'm willing to compromise by going two blocks, right? I'm just doing things to kind of be funny, not displaying interest, but talking about myself. And then I'll go, yeah, you know, it's really cool. I work for myself, so I thought I'd get out of the house. You know, it's a really nice day. 
Um, and now I'm going to start to kind of do a little bit of kind of slight cold reading about her, not cold reading like, you know, you're lonely and you, you meet guys who aren't into you, but kind of things like, you know, like I live in LA, so most people aren't from LA. So, you know, at some point after I've talked about myself a little, because I'm always going to ground myself first, right? Okay. Especially so, wait, 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 wait. So, so going back, so what, what you did when you transitioned there is you asked her a question about what you were going to talk about? Right, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you went, went on about talking about it, which is some subject that you actually, you're, you're interested in talking about, right? Um, yeah, I mean, also just basic information. Like, the thing about grounding, grounding is a topic I talk about a lot. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you talk about persuasion, there's a principle that's really interesting called reciprocity. Right. Um, and Robert Cialdini talks about it a lot. And the, the idea of reciprocity is that people are more willing to do things or give you things if you give them things first. Well, the same thing occurs with exchanging information. Mm -hmm. If I ask a girl what she's doing and she's kind of giving me mediocre responses, she's going to give me a one-word response. But when I give her more information... The next time I ask her a question, she's going to now feel that reciprocity and she's going to want to give me more information on the next on the next question. That's one of the reasons that just asking girls questions and giving one word responses doesn't work. Like the way most guys ask, ask questions is they don't use it to lead a conversation like I do. They go, oh, so what are you doing here? And she goes shopping and they go, cool. Where are you from? And then they just ask another question and another question, but the girl's not getting any information back. She's just getting asked for information, and it violates that role of reciprocity, and the girl eventually is just like, this is annoying, go away. Right, right. So I want to always use my questions to either lead, tease, um, or to kind of tell a story, you know? So I'll say, what are you, what are you up to today, shoe shopping? Um, and then I'll go on about what I'm doing and kind of ground myself a little bit. You know, right. I'll go, yeah, you know, I have my own business, so I get to set my own hours. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I'll talk about, like, who I'm meeting, because I'm usually meeting people. Like, I'll be like, yeah, my friend Chanel, you know, she works over at such and such, and I'll just kind of talk about my friend. I'm just kind of grounding myself as a person, right? I'm right. making myself more of a real person, giving her information about me without kind of trying to brag, without trying to DHV, quote-unquote, without you know, giving her, like, a lot of interest on her. I'm just kind of talking. It's more just like I'm a social talkative person here. Yeah. Um, and then I want to start, eventually start testing to see if she's interested. And what will happen is she'll start kind of talking back more um, once you do that, usually in, like, three to five minutes. Okay, great. So uh, you, you're using the, the basically you said, you said, said that questions, I mean, normally, like, that you hear a lot of advice that says don't use questions. But yeah. um, you said that in a few specific areas, if you use them properly, questions can be pretty useful, right? So Absolutely. it's leading into a new topic as you did when, when yep. you said, you know, are you shopping or whatever. You ask her a question and you start talking about that. So it's kind of like an intro. It's like, you know, getting her to uh, listen, perk her ears and listen up. And you said the tease yeah. and telling a story. So there's a, you know, kind of, it's as you're setting in that, in the, if using a question, you're setting up the tease. Yeah. Um, like that? No, so I mean, like, so, like, if I go, like, what are you doing here today? And she says, oh, I'm just shopping. I can go, let me guess. You need to get a new ner new outfit for your new nighttime job as a naughty nurse. Right? right? right. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. I figured it out, right? Or I'll go, let me guess. You're down to, like, five Justin Bieber CDs in your car, and you want to make sure you have at least 20, right? Yeah. Like, then I'm just going to tease her about whatever she's shopping for. 
Cool. You know? So, you know, basically the rule is kind of like, it sounds like to me, is like, as long as you're using a question with other content, you're saying other things, then it's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is just what most guys do is they rapid-fire questions without using them for any reason. They're just asking questions to kind of tread water and keep the conversation right. going. Cool. So so once you've got her talking to you, like, you consider you've got to some kind of waypoint or something, and then you start changing right. the subject? Um, I mean, subjects change throughout social comfort. Like, yeah. subjects are, like, kind of a constantly changing thing. I mean, I always thought it was funny when guys would kind of be like, then I talk about this, then I talk about this. I mean, conversation's kind of ping-pong, you know? Right. You've got to be able to kind of go with the flow with the terms of conversation. Um, but basically, I'm, I'm definitely trying to keep the conversation mostly on the topic of me. That's like a big mistake a lot of guys make is they feel like they shouldn't talk about themselves mm. or they should like ask the girl about herself. Like, you approached her. She didn't approach you. So the burden of keeping the conversation interesting and fun is on me, and the burden of showing this girl that I'm cool enough for her is also on me. So I got to do that. Um, but I don't need to do it super hard. I don't need to really start DHVing and, and, and kind of bragging. I just call DHVing bragging, for those of you who like DHVing. Just consider every time I say bragging, consider that DHVing. Um, I don't like to do that until I've got some interest, because if you brag too early, it can turn girls off. Um, or it can make you seem like you're kind of overly arrogant or, you know, you're, you're just kind of lame. So basically, let's say she starts kind of warming up, you know, I do a little bit of cold reading. Like I was saying earlier, like I live in LA, so like most girls aren't from here. So I'll go, all right, you're not an LA girl. Where are you originally from? Right. Mm -hmm. That's like, I'm asking where are you from, but I don't even have to add the where are you from part. I, I just go, you're not an LA girl. And they go, how do you know? And that's like a little, um, little cold read you know i could also say you're like an east coast girl or you're like a southern girl you know wherever you're at in the country or the the world you can use whatever the other part of the country is to kind of cold read that and that's a good thing to do because if you get it right the girl will think you're like really cool and if you don't get it right she'll want to know why you thought that about her, her and that right. gives you an opportunity to tease it gives you an opportunity to tell a story about a girl from there it gives you an opportunity to talk about traveling I mean there's just a lot of good that comes out of stuff like that mm -hmm. um, but once she's kind of engaged once she's asking me questions and again like all this stuff is not rocket science you know like it's just dudes don't want to believe that girls aren't into them if you're not getting any signals after five to ten minutes of conversation, that girl's not into you. Just point blank, period. And you should bail. Um, but, you know, she's asking you questions. She at least asks what your name is. You know, she giggles at some of your jokes. And you should be mixing touching in with this, too, um, because touching is the ultimate way to see how she's reacting. Like, if the girl's kind of giving me one-word answers, but she's, like, letting me touch her and she's, like, letting me get close to her, mm -hmm. then I don't give a fuck what she's saying because non-verbally she's telling me she likes me, you know? Um, but let's say she's, you know, she's just kind of, she's accepting the touching, but she's not super into it. Maybe I, as I grabbed her arm, which is something I like to do early on in day game, she, like, took a step backwards, but she's still talking to me and flirting. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm going to start to tease her, and that's to break the social comfort. Because like I said earlier, you can't tease someone who doesn't want to talk to you, but once someone does want to talk to you, then teasing them becomes very effective because now you've got a little bit of rapport and comfort, and when you break it, it's going to be more powerful. So I may say something like, oh, my God, you're such a pain in the ass. Your last boyfriend, like, he must be up for sainthood. 
Hmm. Or I'll say something like, you know, your last boyfriend clearly doesn't spank you enough. Um, I like I like saying something about a boyfriend slash other ex boyfriend because I want her to say I don't have a boyfriend. Like especially during day game, um, I want her to to tell me if she has a boyfriend or not really early on because I think girls will waste a lot more of your time during the day and then tell you they have a boyfriend like twenty minutes in um, than at night where boyfriends generally don't exist as much. So it's important that you like kind of get that out of the way early. But otherwise, I'll just go. Otherwise, I'll just go. You're such a pain in the ass, God. Like you know, any tease, just something that breaks the the social comfort. Now I've switched to teasing her a little bit. She's gonna react to that, and what's gonna happen is she's gonna now get emotionally invested. That's just a way to kind of spike her emotions and get what I like to call emotional fluidity, um, because the opposite of love is not hate, it's apathy. And apathy is really the enemy of the approach. That's the only reason you need to tease, nag, etc. If the girl's already into you and like emotionally fluid, she's laughing, she's like she's like going through different emotions with you, then the tease is kind of irrelevant. But it's just a very consistent way to ping a girl and get an emotional reaction. Um, but that's that's the only reason it exists. There's no magic in teasing or insulting girls. It's just one of many ways to get an emotional reaction. It's just a very consistent way of doing it. Okay, okay. Well, so say it was going all well, right? So she, she's right. you know, getting engaged with you and everything, but then you just mm-hmm. kind of draw a blank, right? For maybe for one of the reasons that you know we talked about earlier. What what's kind of like what what are ways to get out of that quickly? Um, what okay, kind of so you have? I'll give you my best tool for this. There's a lot of different ways to get out of it, but the best way is through creating a acronym. And it's really, really simple. Um, you're basically going to create an acronym of your good conversational subjects. So basically, like I said before, guys got to be prepared. So you got to know what you're good at talking about. For me, it's psychology, traveling, um, relationships, TVs and TV and movies, um, and I'm missing one of them. And yoga. There you go. So, PT and Y, whatever. PTT Y. Um, I basically have an acronym. So whenever I run out of things to say, I just think of those letters, mm-hmm. and those give me my good conversational subjects. Right, and that's that's really the best way. Um, for guys to not run out of things to say, but there's a couple other things you can do. Um, you can use your environment. Try to focus on like people, things, like settings that you can use to talk about in the environment. One thing I do a lot is people watching. I'll say, you know, I'm such a people watcher. Like if I run out of things to say, I'll go, I'm a really big people watcher, but I always make really mean comments in my head and then I'll just make fun of someone in the immediate area. That's a good kind of, um, way to use your environment. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can also kind of, you know, just talk about things you care about, you know, or whatever comes into your head at that moment. Mm. You know, it may not be the best subject, but sometimes if it's all you've got, go with it. Right. Saying something is is nearly always better than always better than saying nothing. We right. we we know a hundred percent of the time that standing there in silence does not get you laid. So anything you can do besides that has a better chance. Right. So going back to those topics you chose, like I guess these are these are topics you know pretty well, right? And you're interested in. Yes. But how would you, what, like, 
you know, once, once you've got that, like, uh, acronym, uh, so, so you know what they are, how do you pick something out of your brain? You just kind of think, like, uh, so you said relationships, for example. Do I think, okay, relationships. Right. Uh, so, I, so, so if I say relationships, then I just start thinking about relationships and looking for ways to tie it in. So I may say something mm-hmm. like, you know, you really remind me of my friend Kim. And then I'll talk about my friend Kim and my relationship with her, or her relationship with, like, her boyfriend. Mm. Um, so or I think, I, like, psychology. Right. So, but I mean, really, if it, there's probably simple ways you can integrate, like, any topic, you know, three or four ways, whatever, like, like you just did. You said, oh, you remind me of my friend Kim, right? So you just said, oh, you remind me of... Yeah, I mean, that's of- just transition, right? Like, that's, that just comes down to the skill of transitioning, which is useful in two places. It's useful for getting off your opener. That's where most people use mm-hmm. it, right? Um, but it's also useful for just switching conversations anytime, you know? Like, sometimes you hit conversations that are, like, bombs, right? Like, there was a time I was talking to this girl, and I was like, oh, you picked an interesting finger to wear your ring on. That's cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, my brother gave me that ring before he went to Iraq. We just found out he died two weeks ago. And I was like, holy shit, I just opened up a terrible can of worms. Right. <coughs> so I had to transition to something else, you know? Um, so transitioning, there's a lot of ways to transition. You can... Well, that, that, that goes back to, you know, earlier you were talking about how, you know, a lot of meeting women and, and things going well with them is recovering from mistakes. So yeah. a transition, like, these, these transitions are really useful because it's basically this kind of default phrase you start to go onto another subject whenever something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say a default phrase, more like a default set of skills, right? Okay. Because... There's sometimes like with the with the dead fucking brother ring, yeah. I couldn't just go anyway, you know, or that reminds me of, and right. that that wasn't gonna help me, you know. There I had to kind of back out gracefully and then change the subject, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like transitioning is great because it kind of always allows you a way to kind of get off of one topic onto another. Um, as well as to move the conversation forward. Sometimes you get stuck talking on things, and while it's a good conversation and you're, like, building rapport and the girl likes you a lot, it's not really moving things in a sexual direction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to transition. Um, you can transition with a phrase, like, that reminds me, that's just like when you remind me of, check this out, I gotta tell you about, oh my god, this is crazy. Um stuff like that. You can transition with an observation. Um, I do that a lot. You can transition with a role play. Um, you can transition with a question, provided you follow it up with something. Um, early on, you can transition with an introduction. And there's probably seven or eight more in the uh, effortless conversation system, but those are, those are kind of good starting points right there. For, for how to kind of move Great. from subject to subject. Great. And so you, you're talking about this acronym with subjects. Uh, it, for you personally, I mean, or when, when you're advising students, do you kind of advise them to think of five, like five topics they're going to talk about in each of those subjects and so they can probably remember them? Or do you just tell them to focus on those subjects and, you know, kind of run with it? And, and you rely on I the tell them to focus these... on the subjects and okay. run with that. I tend, I tend to find for myself and my students the best material gets made up in field. Mm-hmm. So if, I, if a guy wants to talk about psychology, go out, talk about psychology. The thing that works best when you say something that a girl responds to, you know, make a mental note to try to say that again and see if it works again. Um, 
And that's kind of how you build your conversational repertoire, you know, so to speak, is these little anecdotes. Like most of my things are like little anecdotes I said once that someone laughed at that then I just kept saying. Yeah. Um, You know, like a good example is like anytime a girl gets up or is like, I'll be right back. I'll be like, "I'll, I'll be here. I'll be the guy who looks like me. I said that one time, the girl laughed, and, like, now I say it every time, and girls girls and people always laugh when I say it, like, in any context. Right, right. So that's, well, like, a little thing that just came up because I was making a joke one time and people thought it was funny. Right, right. right. And what, what you just said is what everyone I know who's good does, right? If they've been in this for yeah. a while, you can't help but just build up these natural... I mean, this is what we did for other areas like business or whatever else, you know, other facets of our life, we do the same thing, right? We have set stories and phrases and, you know, ideas or whatever that come up and we repeat them and, you know, when they work, we repeat them again. So, you know, you're saying that basically we do that a lot in dating. So it really puts it down to experience is really, really important, getting out there and getting more experience because material that will just come, you know, come to you when you need it will just come to you because you've picked up so much stuff over time. Yeah, I mean, there's no substitute for experience in this. Like, you have to get out there and take action, and you have to start approaching. And you have to do it a lot. Right, right. And, you know, it's not good enough to do it once a week, but do 20 approaches in one night. Like, you have to kind of do it on a regular basis so that you become more of a social person and more of a kind of open person because mm. I think a lot of the guys who have dating problems, a lot of it's because they're very closed off and defensive. I know that was a big problem for me and I didn't really, like I, I got success with women before I fixed that, but I didn't really get total social success until I fixed that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, I think... Yeah, I think it's right. interesting, you know, the, the whole subject thing is you're, you're, you're telling them to choose subjects that they know well, that they feel comfortable with, and in a way, they probably built up a bunch of things that they say in those subjects, right? If they're really things that they like talking about, then there's a, there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that they can already basically grab. And and also, I, th- I think, maybe, maybe, you ever, maybe I don't know if you've thought about this before, but when we like something, you know, or when there's something that we're into at the moment, maybe it's a particular diet or whatever it is, right? We have a habit of, like, thinking about it more and linking it into conversation. So we'll be talking to a friend yep. about, you know, whatever, a TV or whatever, and, you know... I know the paleo diet comes into our head and we and we link it to the paleo diet and that's something I think people do naturally. So you giving them these, sure. these four subjects that they know well, it's it's something a lot easier for them to branch out and run with because it's something we do naturally in our lives anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I also think um another part of it is it's um it's also teaching them to fish rather than giving them a fish, right? Like if I just gave them like five routines they could use whenever there was a dead silence, then they just become dependent on those routines. But if you give them the four subjects, they have to actually actively engage and actively think, okay, like how am I going to get this conversation back to this subject here, you know? Um, And it forces them to kind of problem solve in real time. And I think that's a lot of socializing. Like I'm really into sneaking in places. Hmm. Like now that I have friends in Hollywood, like I basically made those friends because I kept getting into their parties through like back doors and shit like that. And they were like, you're never on list. How are you always in here? And I was like, don't worry about it. Um, But like, like, like to me, that like gives me a kick. Right. So 
that's like real time problem solving. You know, like a couple of weekends ago, we were trying to sneak into the Roosevelt pool party, mm-hmm. and the way we normally go, the door was locked, but I saw the maids on the other side, so I just knocked and like told them we had locked ourselves out of the room, and they let us back in. You know, like that, like that to me was like the apex of like my pickup and like social skills is like. We basically were caught in a situation we weren't supposed to be in, and I was able to talk someone to, into helping us when when they shouldn't have. Right. Uh, you know, and I think pickup is very much like that, in that you're gonna have to. It's not an autopilot sport, right? Like it's not something where you just kind of like it's not driving. Like they always make the driving metaphor, and like it's not driving because I can zone the fuck out when I'm driving and end up somewhere and not know how I got there. You know. Um, you can't zone out with pickup. Like you have to be pretty quick in paying attention to what's happening because otherwise you're gonna, you're gonna just eventually, you just accumulate mistakes otherwise, right? It's like, and you can get away with some mistakes, but if you're like, if you're just sitting there in silence or like you just are boring, cause that's the real thing, right? Is like when you approach someone and you're boring, you're gonna lose every time because you're not, there's no point in talking to you. You're boring. You're making their night worse. So it's like it's in in movies and shit. It's like fun because movies are basically just these nerd writers like wet dreams of reality. So in movies, the nerd can like stumble up to the girl and go, uh, I think you're cute. And she'll go, oh, my God, I like you, too. I've liked you all year. But that shit don't happen in reality. In reality, you've got to be able to talk and you've got to be able to keep the conversation fun and interesting. Otherwise, the girls are not going to want to talk to you because they have better things to do. They're there with their friends, you know, and they weren't interested in you because they didn't approach you. You approach them. So it's like I think guys are like they have a little bit of like an entitlement complex in terms of like, Hmm. well, I don't want to entertain or I don't want to like have to do work to like talk to girls. Well, you you have to a little bit because you have to show them that you're cool when they don't know you because you're a stranger, you know, and strangers have bad reputations. Right. That makes makes total sense. Okay, man. Like, so the, I'm gonna, I ask this question of everyone who comes on the podcast. So, like, I'm gonna ask you too. This is, what would you tell a newbie to dating, who you know, to tell them on to focus on, to get as good at this as fast as possible? Like your top three recommendations. Uh, number one top recommendation: join a gym before everything else. Like, okay, get more. in better. Get in better physical shape for yeah, sure. Like that I will determine that. that will determine more of your success than any routine, any fucking, any fucking like like basically like take care of the basics. Let, let me expand. Go to the gym to like take care of your basics first. Mm. Like don't have a lazy eye. You know we get students with ridiculous shit. Like I'm 200 pounds overweight and I want to date tens. Well, guess what, fatty? Like you ain't dating tens till you lose 200 pounds. Right. You know. So, like, get all your, like, shit that makes you below average out of the way first. I have a lazy eye. Okay, go get the surgery. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a really bad accent. Fix your accent with two years of vocal training first, then come talk to me about pickup. Um, you know, I have a, I'm balding, but I, like, have the horseshoe haircut because I don't want to let my hair go. Shave your head. You know, um, all these things, like... I have really bad acne. Go to the fucking doctor. That's a medical problem. You know, like that's a, these are a lot of dudes. Like the reason they're undesirable is within their control and they're not fixing it. You know, mm-hmm. like when I, uh, when I first started, uh, coaching, uh, I had a student who had a girlfriend 
who he he always used to say she would be a ten if she just like got her nose fixed. But she literally had the worst nose I've ever seen in my life. Like it was like big and fat and like Roman and broken. And like it literally made her like four points less good looking. Like she had the sickest body. Like the rest of her face was okay, but that nose was just so incredibly terrible mm-hmm. that it like cost her four points. And I always used to tell him, like if I was a girl and there was something that was costing me four points, that shit would be fixed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and a lot of dudes don't fix that. So like if you want to get, especially if you want to get hot girls, especially if you want to get attractive girls, especially if you want to get girls who have options, you know, like this isn't a Disneyland fucking lie where like, I'm going to sit here and tell you, Oh, the hottest girls are the most lonely because everyone's too scared to approach them. That's bullshit. The hottest girls have the most offers. The hottest girls have the most dudes hitting them up. The hottest girls have the most guys offering to buy them shit. Like that's how the world works. You can you can spout your hippie fucking shit somewhere else. I live in Hollywood. Like come live where I live and then tell me that hot girls don't have options and that I'm not competing with literal celebrities for girls. Right? Like I get very annoyed when I read shit like that on the boards. They're like, oh, these girls are not, like, screening their calls on a Tuesday night. I'm like, uh, maybe in, like, Iowa they're not or wherever the fuck you live. But girls in L.A. damn sure are screening their calls on a Tuesday night and seeing which party they want to go to. Um, so, yeah, so you've got to kind of fix the stuff that's within your control first. So lose and or gain weight, right? Like the other thing about cold approach, especially if you're going to bars or clubs, is there are bullies in the world, right? Like I have had a lot of students who are like six foot one, like 145 pounds, who when they go out, they can't approach dudes, groups with dudes in them because dudes look at them and see someone that they can beat up really easily and they like fuck with them, you know? That's, like, a real thing that happens as well, especially if you're, like, a really skinny, like, younger-looking dude who's approaching dudes with girls. Um, so you got to fix all that shit first. Um, that's kind of – that's how I started. I started going to the gym. That was, like, the first thing when I was, like, really young and was like, I get no girls. Um, the second thing I would say is you got to start approaching. Like, don't read a ton of stuff, you know. Um you know, check out some basic system and then just follow that and get out and start approaching. When I started approaching, I had an opinion opener and I went to the mall and I used that opinion opener seven times a day for seven days a week um, to do 50 approaches a week. You don't need to do that many, but if you're not doing at least like 20 to 30 approaches a week, you're not really progressing with this skill set. Um, that's just kind of the bare minimum we've seen in in teaching guys over the years and, and having a really, really high success rate with private coaching students um, getting success and, and achieving their goals. Um, and the third thing I would say is you got to learn to course correct. So if you're out there and you're doing something, like I'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. I have other friends who teach guys and maybe are not the best teachers, um, but they had a student who did 477 approaches, got four dates and one lay. Wow. And then they started changing up the way that he was doing his approaches, like his openers and stuff. And he was opening directly on all of those. And like my first thought would be in a hundred direct approaches, if the guy didn't get 10 phone numbers and, and you know, two or one or two dates, 
I would be I would throw direct out because if you're not getting if you're not getting a 10% success rate for getting phone numbers with it then it's not worth using right but a lot of these guys they don't kind of look at things scientifically and buy the percentages and use data like I'm big on data you got to track what you're doing so that you can course correct you know for me like I've had a lot of sticking points over the years like every sticking point that someone listening to this has I've had you know, I had not being loud enough. I had not running. I had running out of things to say as a major problem, which clearly now I won't shut the fuck up. So that ain't a problem anymore. Um, I had problems with attraction. I had problems with qualification. I had problems with comfort. I had major problems with last minute resistance. Um, you know, I had problems all over the board. Um, and I think the only difference between me and a lot of guys who came in to pick up the same time as me. Um, and even kind of became instructors, but just never actually broke through to that like dream level that you like think about when you get into this stuff, as opposed to like, oh, I can fuck like two sixes a month if I go out and do a lot of approaches, which is what most instructors do. Um, is that I was always trying to course correct, like I was always trying to figure out what I could fix, you know. Um, and anytime I got something, like I wouldn't just get dogmatically attached to something. Like some guys. And this will even happen with students. Like, I'll have a student who's like, I really like direct, or I really don't like routines. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but let's see what the data says first before we start making these big proclamations, because you might be a guy who needs routines, and you might be a guy that direct doesn't work for. Um, so, you know, like, it's not a one-size-fits-all process. Like, that's why, like, I've kind of brought up demographics a few times here. I've brought up this idea of, like, having subjects you're into, because... Pickup is very personalized, you know? There's no way that everyone yeah. is going to be able to get the same girls. We're all going to be good with some girls and not good with others. You look at every guru, um, and if you look at the girls they've dated, they all kind of, besides me, and I'm not saying that because, like, I'm so cool. It's just I really don't have a type. Like, I like black girls sometimes for a couple months. Then I'm, like, really into, like, professional girls. Like, I'm just kind of all over. I was really into redheads for a while, like, I think besides me, every every pickup guy you look at has a very specific type, not only because that's what they like, but also because that's what they're good with. You know, like, not to name names and snitch, but there's quite a few gurus who date very new-to-the-U.S. Asian women in the United States, mm. um, which to me is a little bit like cheating. But, you know, to each his own. Maybe they just really like women who can barely speak English. I don't know. Good man. Uh, that, that, that's certainly a lot. Just on the, on the last point, um, I just I just want to say, like, course correct, you know, is is, is a really big deal. It's kind of a touchy subject. For sure. You have some guys Absolutely. that they're constantly jumping to new topics. That's kind of their thing, yes. right? I think you mentioned this earlier yes. in the interview. So you you got to keep a balance there. You have to course correct, but you don't want to just keep saying, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. I need something new, I need something new, I need something new all the time, right? you got to kind of stick with something and make sure that it works as well. So, you know, yeah, like when I'm saying course correct, I don't mean like you need to 100% switch what you're doing, but I mean you need to try something else. And like like basically like everything comes down to kind of baselines and variations in the baseline, right? Like if everyone out there went out and approached 100 women and just like went direct and asked girls out to dinner, you'd get a certain amount of phone numbers, a certain amount of dates, a certain amount of lays, whatever. Um and that would kind of be your baseline doing the most basic of approaches, sorting by looks with like very little like personality, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for a pickup technique to be successful for you, it has to be more successful than that. 
Um, and that's kind of when I when I say course correct, I don't mean like throw everything away. I mean subtly shift things based on kind of what's not working for you. You know, like if you're opening really well, but then your game falls apart afterwards, you don't need to course correct the opener and go to a whole new guru and like change everything. You just need to try to pinpoint where it's falling apart and then try three or four different things in that part. You know, it's not a whole method course correction. It's it's tactical course correction. Mm. It's trying it's it's doing different things rather than like throwing away a whole methodology um, that I really espouse. You know, like let's say a guy can open and talk to a girl for more than 15 minutes consistently, um, but he just never gets attraction. Right, I would right. say, okay, like, there's there's things we can try here. Let's have you try teasing, see how that goes. Let's have you try some role playing, see how that goes. Right. Let's have you try some storytelling, see how that goes. Yeah. Right now we'll see if any of those fix it. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but now we've done something different, and now we can see if there's a variance from the original kind of baseline of I can't get attraction. Right, right. Well, this is, this is a good way to look at it. It's like problem solving. So, like you say, like you exactly. Know, like yeah. we're talking today about one problem. Like I, I, I run out of things to say. Right. So if if you, it's yeah. pretty easy to spot if you have that problem, for example. And then you focus on finding some information that will help you with that, and then you go out and practice a hell of a lot to find out what works for you testing it, right? Uh, rather than, as you say, jumping to new methods, which is, you know, where, where people really run into problems where they start jumping, jumping around, looking for completely new paradigms of, of how they're going to approach this thing, and then they end up going around in circles. Well, John, thank you for the talk today. It's been a, a great session. Had a look to cover there, and, uh, really looking forward to putting this up. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview with John Stinn. And as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, today we're going to be giving away free copies of Effortless Conversation System, John's new, new product on conversation skills. We're going to be giving these copies away to free commenters on the podcast. So to qualify, all you need to do is leave a comment on the podcast page so you go to datingskillsreview.com slash DSP38 and it will take you there. And tell us what you are going to do or what you did do this week to improve your dating lifestyle. Whether it be studying something or, or doing something or getting out there. Tell us what you are going to do or you have done this week. I'll select the winners myself and will get in contact with you via email to get your copy of Effortless Conversation System. I'll select the winners myself and will get in contact with you via email to get your copy of Effortless Conversation System to you. So again, the page to comment on is datingskillsreview.com slash DSP38. Good luck, and you can also, of course, get the show notes, transcript, and more info on John Sin on that page also. Now for Fast Track. Have you downloaded our Fast Track manual? This is the first thing to do as soon as you start looking into dating advice, pickup advice, seduction advice, and so on, because it's all about learning, and how you learn is more important to a large extent than what you learn. It really makes a difference between learning in a few months and taking years or potentially never getting good at this stuff. So to download our manual, so it's a it's a 22 page manual, you can go to datingskillsreview.com slash 
fast track and you'll also get signed up when, when you when you fill in the form on that page to our daily dating goals newsletter which you know all of our users love because basically it's a very short snippet of advice nothing else just a short snippet of advice in your inbox every day and it's some of the best stuff we've found through researching all of these products and looking at everything over time so it's really the gold of everything out there so everyone finds that really useful so I'd also get on it for that reason the quote I'm gonna leave you with from today's interview is there is no such thing as the perfect pickup now you heard Sin say also that everyone I know who is good with women makes mistakes and it's how that they correct those mistakes that really decides what results they get and there, there is a bit of a problem in, in some ways that some of the products and some of the people talk about uh, pick up or, or meeting women is that sometimes they really make it sound like it's perfect and this is something that people if you think about it they tend to do uh, with everything they do they're always gonna like you know minimize the downsides and, and the things that weren't so great and talk about all of the highlights right so keep in mind that when you hear something um, especially if it's reading on a forum or, or something like that that you're probably only getting the highlights and you're missing out on all of the normal stuff in between so it's really important to not put pressure on yourself when you're trying to learn this and when you're going out and practicing because pressure just equals anxiety and it makes it harder for you so you've got to relax um, and, and the, so this is a good thing to keep in mind with this simple quote there is no such thing as the perfect pickup Dating Skills Podcast is brought to you by DatingSkillsReview.com, the number one men's source for dating, sex, and relationships advice. Get the cutting-edge advice now and create your ideal dating lifestyle.